Welcome to the Vogue Podcast. Hi there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Vogue Podcast. And today I'm back with a guest that we had on in the past. Corey Kendre Cruz. Um, the Cruz is your straight, uh, stage name, yeah? It is a name that I used as a stage name many, many mm. years ago and more or less dropped using over the last uh, 10 ah. years. So, yes. so, so you don't really use it anymore, yeah? Nope. Only for, uh, only for postal stuff for mm. the most part anymore because that's how uh, the, it came up in the credits yeah. When I first started, uh, was involved in the Postal game series. Yeah. And Corey is the voice of the Postal dude in Postal 3. And now he's also the Postal dude of the new dude in Postal Brain Damaged. Isn't that amazing? I mean, ha did you think you'd ever be back? <laughs> Honestly, no. I mean, it, it had been so long since Postal 3 until just these last couple of years when I heard rumblings of them resurrecting you know they're doing the postal three and yeah. i'm sorry doing the postal uh, four and the brain damage thing kind of came yeah. on the tail of that sorry i'm trying to keep all these uh, straight but but it had you know a good 10 12 years had passed so oh yeah you know, that much time goes by and you think pretty much no more sequels or, <laughs> or any more work and related to something like that but sure enough uh, mikey j uh, called me up and said hey Hey, dude, we need, uh, we need you to be the dude again. So, so I jumped in line and, uh, and uh, we did it again. Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, last time I had you on was in December, I think, last year. Uh, uh, yeah, something like did, that. Did you already know about the brain damage or the job? I'm trying to think of the timeline on that. I think I might have found out. Not long after that, it, I, it may have been like January, February, oh. when, uh, when I was contacted by the producers of that game and, and Mike, of course, who yeah. is, uh, he's very much involved with a lot of that process because it's kind of his baby, as <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know if you've, if you've interviewed Mike before or not, but uh, he's, he's a pretty big part of it, obviously. And he heads things up and likes to have his, likes to have his fingers in on, on a lot of the... <laughs> The parts so yeah i think it was back in january perhaps when i started talking to the folks in poland i believe oh really the designers for uh for brad for brain damaged wow yeah. mm -hmm. that's that's really cool um you know i i i forgot what i want to say you see um that's okay. oh you're, yeah you're too young for that to happen come on come on ronald Keep it up. happens. So what I wanted to ask is, you know, how long did you already record everything for Postal or not yet? No. Okay, so there's still have, a lot to do. <laughs> have you seen the, the demo version? Oh, I have. Sure. Of course I have. Yeah. yeah. That is actually all that has been created by me so far. The parts that I did oh, for really? that. Oh, really? Yes, they have. Uh, wow. They have not come back to finish it off at this point. And what are wow. we in November? I was told by Mike, he thinks early in the new year that mm. they will have the scripts finalized and that they'll be coming back around and needing my services for, for the full wow. game. So what I did was just the demo. 
at this point. Yeah. And so more to Crazy. come still. I, I don't know what uh, what's taking so long or what their process <laughs> is. I'm sure they've got it under control and uh, you know they want to make sure all of their all of their ships are in a line before <laughs> they launch, you know, into yeah. the deep sea. I hope I live up to your happiness expectations. Well, I mean, when I've seen the trailer uh, of Postal Brain Damage, I mean, I was amazed. I didn't even expect something like that could happen again. Like, you know, um, first there was this, like, um, I think, Texas speech voice. And then uh, immediately when I heard the uh, throat clearing, then I knew it was you. <laughs> no. Yep. Yep. No, that was uh, it was fun to be a part of the preliminary work on that one so far. And to be honest with you, Ronald, I have not seen any of the script and the direction that it's going to go to for the full game mm. that's coming out. They are still working on things and have not sent me any of the sides for it. So I'm kind of excited to see uh, where it's going to go and what sort of the dude... Uh, shenanigans are going to happen yeah i know stuff so yeah yeah it'll be interesting yeah well i have a question over here from uh curb stomp the pigeon uh is your voice naturally like that or do you put on like a oh like do you put on a special voice for the dude do you regret nothing truly do you truly regret nothing (laughs) I, i completely don't regret anything now this, the voice you hear, like the voice you're hearing right now is just what comes out of my mouth when I open up to, to throw words in your direction. It's, it's the voice that, that happened when I went through puberty and uh, I don't put anything on to affect it. Do I do some characterizations of it at some point? Well, yeah, I mean, you have to, you know, get in character, you have to go through emotions and yeah. when you're doing different emotions, you're your voice changes a little bit, whether it gets more threatening and deeper sounding, you know, when you need to be angry at somebody, do I change it for that? Well, kind of a little bit, but that's no different than what I would be doing if I were playing a sport and getting very uh, aggressive towards something. It's just kind of what comes out when I say it, uh, this, that, and the other. Um, So that's an interesting question. And one that I've been asked many times, in my life because I spent a lot of years uh, working in the radio industry and where nobody could see you. And of of course, every once in a while we would, uh, I would come across people who had heard me on the radio, whether they be listeners or clients or so. And and one of the first things out of their mouth is always, wow, that you are nothing like I imagined you would look like. Uh, First of all, because I'm, I'm not a very tall person. And they always think that I would be a much bigger, larger person because of the sound of my voice, which has nothing to do with the sound of your voice. Yeah. The size you are, there are other factors that factor into that. But uh, uh, to answer your question, Pigeon, this is just the sound of my voice and, and I try to exploit it as much as I can. And we, and we love it. We love the voice. <laughs> And you, 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 you really have the voice of a radio man, actually. You really sound like you came right from the radio or something, you know? Well, it's kind of an old school radio sound, if you will, that is not so much longer a part of the industry. It's, it's re, things have really changed quite a bit over the last few years, more, you know, more than in just radio, 
uh, in the voiceover world in general, guys who sound like me are kind of becoming, kind of being brushed aside a little bit for only very specific roles where where they're looking for somebody who sounds deep and movie trailer and, and radio sounding. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe five to 10% of the actual work and the rest of it is going to people who sound like everyday people who who are very conversational and don't have the big um, baritone and the timber and, and the commanding type voice because the, the yeah. trend is now for for everybody to just everybody. sound like for everybody in these, you know, the games and commercials for radio and TV and such to sound just like everyday people. And, but, and I don't sound like an everyday people. I think mm -hmm. um, uh, it, even when I try it, that's when it sounds unnatural. If I, <laughs> if I try to, because I can't raise, I mean, I can raise the pitch of my voice, of course, if I yeah. get a little bit excited, but uh, mm -hmm. it depends on what the script is. And there are a lot of factors involved. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Does that answer the question? I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, definitely. I don't even remember what the question was. <laughs> well, uh, we have another question here from Namers78. Have you played Postal 3? I have not played Postal 3. I have watched uh, quite a few clips of other people playing it online. And that, mm -hmm. is, uh, that is the extent of what I've done as far as seeing the game in the gameplay. Ah, okay. Now I understand. Um, ha have you noticed any difference between, you know, um, doing the dude back in like, uh, you know, for Postal 3 and now for Postal Brain Damage? Have you noticed anything that differs? From my perspective, as the voiceover guy for the dude, not really. I mean, of course, the the technology for the graphics uh, of the game and all of those enhancements are quite a bit different and far better than they used to be. Um, as far as scripting, as far as the types of situations that the character finds himself in, pretty much the along the same lines. I mean, it's <laughs> the continuity of the character is is really staying focused, I think, as far as the writing is concerned. Uh, and the crazy situations that the characters put into in the game are just as odd and outlandish as they were, I think, back all the way back to, to the first Postal. Game. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. you know, they, I mean, again, I can't tell you what direction brain damage is going to go because I don't know mm -hmm. exactly there's a chance it could be quite different too, because I believe it's being written by completely new set of people, writers and, and game producers mm -hmm. over in Poland. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah. And, and I believe that uh, for Postal 3, I think you didn't record in your home studio or did you? I don't know. Postal 3? No. I went yeah. to a local studio here in town and with the, the game producers and, uh, and a director and was in a booth for half or, you know, I don't know, six hours and did most of it there. 
And there were some parts of that that I actually recorded um, in a different studio also. Oh, really? Yep. Why is that? Yep. Why was it? Because Mike needed some additional things recorded after we did the main session. And so that at that point, we had to do it somewhere else because we couldn't call up the guy who uh, whose studio we were using. Actually, he may not have even been in business anymore. The guy whose studio <laughs> we initially used. I don't know what the story was behind that. I think it would might have it was that it was just easier for Mike and I to for him to come to my studio and we just got it done quickly, a few lines or one page or something and and turned it around that quickly and sent it off. Mm. So I believe everything for... everything that we're doing now is that I'm a part of is recorded right here in my home studio. That's exactly oh. what I want to ask, yeah. Uh, I beat you to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, um, I've heard you, of course, in Brain Damage. And, uh, I mean, you still got it. You're, you're, you're still amazing. I mean, nobody can uh, I say anything. I, that's very flattering. I don't, I don't know what mm. to, you know, other than thank you, I guess, I'm, is what I'm supposed to say at this point. Well, uh, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure you also have a few new uh, favorite lines. Do you, have, do you remember anything? <laughs> <laughs> There was so much. It, it was <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens of pages of which I don't have in front of me right now. So, and, and I have a terrible memory too. So I can mm. to, to go back in my brain and, and try to pull out a line off the top of my head. I, I can't really think of one at the moment. My apologies for that. But if no. you want to feed me, feed me a line and I'll say it. No Something need for an like apology. Say, say, if there's something you'd like the post I, I can't remember the lines either I mean uh, you know <laughs> I mean there's just too many of them and then your voice and Rick's voice kind of mix each other and then there's just thousands of voice lines that uh, you know hard to remember <laughs> yeah I mean that's uh, I, you know I, come on champ I, that, that's something I remember Jack <laughs> the dog, you know, it's yeah, that's that is said numerous times in the in the mm. uh in postal three. I don't know if champ will make an appearance in brain damaged. Mm. There's a possibility, he better does. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, the postal dude in uh, brain damage is going through a hard time, you know, so uh, you know, we better give him a some rest. <laughs> it's yeah, it sounds like his world is being turned upside down once yeah. again, yeah, yeah. I mean, his world is always turned upside down, but this time it's a little over the top. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we have a request over here from Adanalo. Um, could you please get him to say, well, you always were a kidder, Steve, for a friend? Thanks. Well, you always were a kidder, Steve. Yeah, that's it. Just that? Is that yeah, what, is that what you that, That's what they wanted. Um, okay. We have another question over here from Robert. What do you think about people enjoying the postal games? I am 100% for that. Uh, what people find to do with their spare time and harmless activities where they're having fun safely, uh, whether it be playing video games, playing sports, uh, sightseeing, hiking on a mountain, you know, all of those things I think are fantastic. Uh, people playing postal specifically 
if that's their thing, if if they were, you know, drawn into the game way back, you know, postal one, two or three or whatever it took, and that's, it's their thing. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm all yeah. about safe gaming. A <laughs> <laughs> um, second question. How much improv was in the new game? Well, you only recorded the demo so far, but uh, yeah, zero, know. zero. Mm. It is all very scripted. And <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am not riffing, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> okay, it's, I see. It's it's all it's all right there in front of me. Say it like it is, and it occasionally will change because uh, when when Mike is here, uh, he's he's literally. See the stool over there, and I don't know if you can see it in, mm-hmm. yeah, in okay. my room here. Mike sits over there, and literally, it's over my shoulder, directing me for every single line. Um, <laughs> no, he's he's not over my shoulder. That's that's exaggerated. He's in here, yeah. and he he likes to hear it all, and he's he's actually quite hands off with the way I'm saying the lines. He just kind of lets me go through it, and if he hears one line that he kind of hears in his head differently. He'll say, let's try it this way. And so I'll do that line again. And then we move on to the yeah. next line. That's more or less, that's kind of the process that, uh, yeah. that we go through. But there is very little to no ad-libbing or improving of scripts yeah. during the sessions. Mm-hmm. So, so do you go like uh, when you do the dude, do you go for like a specific American accent that, you know, you want him to sound like, or perhaps Mike wants him to sound like? The way the character comes out in me is he is a little bit burned out, maybe a little bit hungover. He's considerably angry internally. He rarely has a good day. And so you put all of those things together and you, and that's kind of, that's kind of the, the voice that comes out as the character. For me, it's he's not a happy-go-lucky, bubbly. And every once in a while, he's kind of having fun when, you know, in the middle of a game somewhere where he's uh, battling whoever or whatever. Uh, and those lines come off a little, you know, cheeky, if you will, at times. But for the most part, he's generally just trying to figure out his way through really crappy situations. And therefore, it's uh, he's just kind of you know, gritting his teeth a little bit and uh, moving on. <laughs> You know, that's, that's the guy who, yeah. who comes out in it for the most part. That's, uh, that's my character analysis of, of the dude and Postal. You know, it's, uh, you know, really amazing how you and Rick kind of sound like, kind of sound similar. And uh, there's a question over here from Josh. How was the audition process like for Postal 3? For Postal 3? Yeah. The easiest audition I think I've ever had. Um, <laughs> this was one of those referred by a friend, referred by a friend thing. And they, uh, Mike called me on the phone one day because we had never met. He had gotten my number from somebody else. And he, he heard me on the phone and was, I think he was sold uh, that day before even mm-hmm. coming to the studio and doing any test recordings or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then uh, that's kind of how that went there. It wasn't the kind of thing I had heard from a different source and, and then went and auditioned for, uh, which is 
completely the opposite of the way I'm doing things now with my voiceover business. You know, like that when I said it was the easiest audition ever, it was because mm. I was more or less. I don't know who else or how many other people might have even been a part of of that process, who they might have been considering. So it was. Uh, I wish all auditions could be like that. That'd be great. Another question from Josh: Is there like a dream character role that would you like to play in the future? I think it'd be really fun to be a military officer in a in a high profile video game. Yeah, you'd like fit a, a commander or something. Yeah, yeah, some kind of a commander or a colonel or a, a general or something like that. I think I could fill that role pretty well. Or the bad guys who are being hunted by the special teams or a special operations military unit, you know, the a group of bad guys. Uh, yeah. That that's kind of the, the role that I think I would fulfill mm-hmm. pretty well. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm surprised you over the years, you didn't have a role like that before, you know, or did well, you? Honest, honestly, I mean, because I was uh, my primary job, in the radio station group that I worked for kept me so busy for uh, 27 years that that was my full-time job. And I wasn't out there looking for a lot of Uh, other mm -hmm. things or opportunities like that then, like I am now. So I I do now spend uh, a great deal of my time here in the studio auditioning Mm -hmm. for video games, for commercials and other voiceover voice acting roles. Uh, and I have auditioned for uh, a variety of different video games and uh, gotten very few of them as castings for myself so far. I did a, um, I did a trailer for a video game that I can't talk about, uh, but I will just be on the trailer for it at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, but that's not coming out until early next year, so I can't talk ah, about that one okay. either. But that was a, a kind of a cool one to to be a part of. So it's uh, a, a video game. It's a video game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, if it's Call of Duty or something, then we're excited, whatever it is. Um, we have a question over here um, from Michael. Uh, can you say chunky salsa? <laughs> <laughs> chunky salsa. Delicious chunky salsa. <laughs> exactly exactly i love delicious chunky salsa with Everybody cheese should. on chips mm. yep <laughs> mm. yeah um i actually asked this before but uh, uh lego man is asking if you ever thought you'd you know reprise the role yeah again not really because so much time had passed and it seemed like that had had uh, come and gone and wouldn't ever be resurrected. I was quite surprised when, when Mikey J called up and and said, you know, let's let's we're doing this, 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 and this. Mm. Are you interested in doing it? And I, of course, said, well, sure. Well, yeah, yeah. it's work for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, you know, let's uh, let's get it going. Yeah. What did you know about the dude? You know, before Postal Three, you know. Did you know anything about it, him or? Uh, very little. I, I had heard about the, some controversy involved in it and a variety of things. And it wasn't something that I had 
been a part of uh, in my life in my lifestyle because I wasn't into gaming I was raising a young daughter at the time and working full time and all of that stuff so it's not it wasn't really a part of my world and what I did with my uh, free time outside of work and daughter was was very different than gaming uh, so I didn't really know a lot about it and it, it was also you know early days of the internet so um, there wasn't a whole lot of going and searching and finding out about it back then either. Not to mention, I really didn't spend the time or really, wasn't really that interested in finding out about things like that. So yeah, I didn't I have a whole lot, but once I was, once I was approached by running with scissors to do it, uh, then I of course looked in and found out more about it and decided, well, sure. Why not? You know, they're going to offer me this much money. Sure. Yeah. I'll give that a try. Um, Hell yeah. Were you nervous when you went in to record for Postal 3 for the first time? There is usually a level of nerves that comes into play whenever I'm involved in any recording that is something that's going to be permanent. Uh, there's a lot on the line, um, of course, and you have to think about all of that and try to calm your nerves and then perform at the time. So mm -hmm. a little bit, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to do with, uh, yeah, I'll rewind a little bit. It, all those years in radio that I did, uh, a good portion of that was spent as a DJ on the air, talking to thousands of people daily. And that didn't bother me at all. No nerves at all. Easy to do. And also to record commercials because generally you're, by yourself recording a commercial in the radio industry, especially, and without a whole bunch of people looking over your shoulder. So that's not a nervous thing. But going into record postal that day, there were, I don't know, there were four or five people there in the studio witnessing the process and such. So that might have come into play a little bit for nerves for me because I wasn't used to having people. Um, observe me watch me while i was working mm. so that was a, a little bit odd but not nervous to the point where it affected uh, the performance you know once once i get going on something you just you're in you have to be in the moment you, you put out all that i put all that noise aside and and uh, and just jump in and get the job done because if you're not a hundred percent there while you're doing the character it's going to show yeah and, exactly you know, if, it's, you got to let every all the noise just disappear and step up to the mic and literally and do it unabashed. You know, how was the experience, you know, of getting back to the postal dude for a brain damage, you know, like after not doing the dude for some time, 12 years, you know, how was it, you know, just calling, getting called up by Mike and, you know, going back to record so interestingly enough what i did was went online and searched for you know uh, you know segments of people playing postal three so i could review my work and see what i was doing back then it's because i wanted to obviously emulate that as as precisely as i could now uh, we didn't want it to sound like two totally different guys coming from 
you know, two different perspectives. We wanted it to be that same postal dude. So I, mm. I was able to find quite a few snippets and sound bites of people playing the game of somebody had actually put together a like a three or four minute long edited version of dozens and dozens and dozens of of my quotes from postal three <laughs> and it, it was actually kind of entertaining i really enjoyed listening to it number one number two it was perfect for me to listen to before i started doing new sessions for running with scissors mm -hmm. and brain damaged and such so that was um that was a process that, and I have actually gone back a couple more times and listened to the, to kind of get back into the feel of how I did it before to make sure I'm staying consistent and uh, doing uh, the character in the same way now. I see. I want to thank whoever that was. I, I should have written down the, the YouTube name of the person who put that together. That was pretty cool. So I'd like to thank them for, for doing that can't believe they spent all that time doing it that just blows me away that somebody took all my work like that and put it together in a in a medley if you will <laughs> well i think it might have been um, well i don't want to like uh, miscredit someone might have been rufus who you know included all the postal dude voice lines in one video um might 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 have been him if it wasn't him i don't know it's what it was uh it wasn't yeah it wasn't a video it was a still shot of the dude uh -huh. yeah yeah and yeah. then just all audio snippets yeah that's edited rufus. together yeah, yeah. that's rufus the, na the name did not say rufus then the screen name said something different that i know i don't remember exactly what it was though but i it, rufus doesn't sound familiar but either way, hey, well, if Rufus is doing things like that too, uh, hey, Rufus, thank you. He did that uh, three years ago. Yeah. So thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> All right. Um, we have a request over here from Robert. Can you say, I am the vengeance. I am the knight. I am your regular postal dude. <laughs> I am the vengeance. I am the knight. I am your regular postal dude. As always, flattering. Next. Did I did I say it all right? You captured it the okay. the best way you could. We have a question over here. Um uh, some people know that uh, you're personal friends with Rick Hunter. How is he doing these days? Because we don't know a lot about him. I haven't talked with Rick for many months now. Uh, I, I, as far as I know, he's doing all right. Uh, oh, Mike was in here uh, recently when we were doing the brain damaged, and he said he had visited with Rick, and that Rick's doing okay. And uh, as far as I know, Rick is still doing voiceover. He's got uh, he has two gigs, uh, like I used to. He has his radio station gig, and he does a bunch of freelance. Uh, work on the side and he is still continuing to do that and i believe he's doing all right i don't know i need to call him and set up lunch or something because we live here in the same city yeah you guys live in arizona um mm -hmm. what is what's the weather over there 90 degrees today on 
Am I allowed to say what day it is? I know this will air later. Uh, what's today? November 5th? 90 yeah. degrees. 90 degrees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I heard that it's like always uh, pretty hot in Arizona, you know. <laughs> well, it is until, uh, except um, the, the end of November through April are really nice here. Mm -hmm. Like, like almost perfect weather, very little rain and usually sunny and 70 degrees, 75 degrees most of the days, which is perfect. Mm, I see. Mm -hmm. We have a question here from Smart Pineapple. Uh, Smart Pineapple. Okay. Yeah. How close are you to the character of Dude? How much is Corey like the yeah. Dude? How much is Corey like the Dude? <laughs> Interesting question. Uh, well, the only way I can really answer it is to be fully honest. Uh, I'm not going to make up some sh stuff about how, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a total badass and, and I wander the desert and in an old RV with my scrappy little dog and, because that's not my life at all. <laughs> I'm a longtime married guy with a grown adult daughter who's getting married next year. Uh, I live in a, a decent house with with two nice dogs and my beautiful wife, and and uh, I drive a I drive a car that's not a beat up old truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, personality wise, uh, I think I might have a little more sense of of reality than the dude, hmm. um, as far as being. Pretty pretty straight laced and on an even keel. Mm. Um, yeah, I, it's yeah. I don't I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but it's it's a character, you know. And I yeah, and yeah. I like I like going into that character because I think that's probably the most fun type of character to play. Somebody with some edge like that who is who is not normal, who is put in these crazy circumstances that. You know, pretty much you and I are never going to be in. And and then you get to you get to play with it and have fun with it as opposed, you know, and and as opposed to a you know a nice friendly character who, you know, somebody, a guy and his girlfriend, and they're out at a sunny beach vacation, just you know, being normal and and you know, nobody wants to play that character. Well, no offense. I'm sure people play those characters all the time on TV and stuff, but but yeah. this kind of character, especially when you can't see my face, you know, who are in just, just the voice, it's, yeah. um, it's a lot of fun to do, even though it's a very different person than who I am mm. personally. Yeah, I guess. So I just, I think I answered the question. Yeah, you did. You know, uh, I have this question because, uh, you know, we talked about this and you're still credited as Corey Cruz in the postal games mm -hmm. and uh you know technically you could be uh credited as cory candre in the credits and you know on imdb uh, you know it, it uh, you you could you know, like set it up somehow like credited as cory candre so you know you could still use your like a uh, real name in in postal you know could um to be honest with you i am not concerned about any of that and the crediting of it um it the, the name thing the only reason it was cruise in the first place is because that's the name i used 
as a stage name on the radio as a DJ. Mm-hmm. I more or less stopped being a DJ around 1999, sometime around then. And at that time, I had become this the full-time director of production at this radio station group where I didn't have to be on the air and have a pretend radio name and all that. So I, then, at that point, assumed, of course, well, and in every other part of my life, my legal name, uh, which is Corey Candre. And mm-hmm. there was no reason for it. But prior to that, I had done, oh, no, wait a minute. Okay, so no, that was in the 2000, it was like 2006. Mike was introduced to me as Corey Cruz, because that's how the person who told him about me, that's what they told him my name was. And so we almost, we barely even discussed it. And he had put it as the credits in the game. And I just, at the time said, that's great. That's fine. Just use that. It's a better sounding name anyway. But in every other aspect of my life, I use my legal name. And uh, in my business today, it's my legal name. And and the only residual remaining thing with the cruise on it is the postal game mm-hmm. games that I'm a part of. <laughs> well, yeah, now it's uh, games because, you know, Postal 3 and Postal uh, Rain Damage. And I, I'm pretty sure you also were in Postal 2 Paradise Lost, something oh, like that's that. Right. Yeah, yep, so yep, we did let's... some stuff for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you also were like a doctor or something in Postal Redux, but... I'm not sure about that. Maybe. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not something that you need to be able to remember, you know, if it was like a little role or something, you know. Um, but going back to uh, last year's uh, interview, I remember you mentioned your band, uh, Vintage Sugar. I'm not sure if you guys are still together or not. But uh, so how's that going for you? Music. Yeah, that, that particular band uh, ended quite a long time ago. Uh, for the past five years, I've been involved in a different band uh, called Drop D. And it is a lot of fun. Uh, we're a hard rock band that plays uh, around Arizona in different cities. Uh, and we've even gotten to go over to Las Vegas and play there once uh, a couple of years ago. We did that. Mm. And we've also had the opportunity to be uh, the backup band for a couple of uh, actual rock stars, uh, which wow. was a lot of fun. That was a, a good experience. We got to uh, two or three times now. We've gotten the the opportunity to play with a guy named Mark Slaughter, who is the singer and a guitarist for the band Slaughter. Uh, and uh, we've also done some proje- uh, some uh, some stage performances with the singer from Warrant, Robert Mason. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun. I'm a bass player and to get to get, to get up on stage and, and rock out at my age and do this for the people who still like that kind of music, which there is still a very large segment of people who really enjoy that sort of entertainment. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun to, to be doing at this age. Uh, thank you for asking about it. In fact, tonight I have to leave early uh, to the end of this interview and head up to Phoenix because we're doing a gig up there tonight. Oh, really? Good, good yep. luck with that. Um, and you know, um, what uh, instruments do you play? I'm a bass guitarist. Mm. And I can also play a little bit of guitar, a little bit of piano, and a little bit of drums. But the only one I'm proficient on is the bass guitar. How about uh, vocals? 
I do some what we call background gang vocals. So uh, the choruses of the songs, I jump up to the microphone and, and do a little bit of singing, but not lead vocals ever. <laughs> it's not my thing. That's for certain people, not me. You know, I, I was curious about this. Um, what makes a good voice actor? A lot of things. Persistence, practice, learning from others, making connections, constantly training, being coached by people who are uh, qualified to be coaches, mm -hmm. uh, having a, a passion for doing it. And then, after all that stuff, having a decent pleasant enough to listen to voice because that is not the most important thing. The, all those other things, you know, it's the, the training, the, uh, the connections and the, the coaching, all of that stuff is, is really important because it's not as easy as it sounds or looks. You know, a lot of people might think that, oh, I've got a computer and a microphone. I can just yeah. do this. Why not? Well, you know, very few people can just jump right in and do it. Uh, you're, you're pretty lucky if you meet the right people at the right time and you, the, you're the perfect person for that particular role and, and you've never done it before in your life and, and the casting people say, oh, that's the person and they get hired, you know, good, good for you, nice job. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a one in a thousand chance that you're gonna get that without all that other stuff you know, in front of it first. Not to say that you can't go out and buy a, a, a high-quality microphone, have a decent computer set up, and a, an understanding of the software, the editing software that you're using to where you can you know, put all the pieces together and, mm -hmm. and do it from your home. You know, that's another part of the equation is having a, a, an environment that you can do it in appropriately because you need to have, you know, have the room modified or have a special yeah. booth in your, in your house that cuts down on all the reflections and the, the outside noise and, and all that other stuff. So there are a variety of things that go into it. Um, what was your question? Did you ask what makes a good voiceover person? Yeah. All of that stuff. And then luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. Yeah. No, what I, would you recommend to the voice actors, you know, like from your own personal perspective to, to the voice actors who, yeah. you know, want to start out? Find somebody who will coach you. Listen to radio, television, internet commercials. Listen to training videos. Watch animated series listen closely to each character and what that person's doing and how they're interacting have an understanding of of audio and acoustics you know that that's very important because today oh, so much of it is being done out of people's houses that you know you're not walking into a professional studio for the most part anymore it's especially it, it was all heading kind of this direction pre-pandemic 
But now the technology has made it to where the way, like the way you and I are connecting here for this interview, to where everybody can do it out of their homes. So you need to have a good understanding of audio recording basics and principles uh, so you can put the best audition in you can for the potential work you're trying to get because those casting directors are listening to the sound, the quality of, of your environment, your studio, your equipment, your type of microphone when they're evaluating yeah. those auditions. So all of that stuff adds up. And if it's, if what you're sending them as snap, crackle, pop, hiss and noise and echoes and reflections all over it, they're going to immediately move it to the discard pile and listen to the next one. Mm. Uh, even if your performance is great, you'll get excluded. So you have to put all those pieces together and uh, and be a pro about it because you're competing with hundreds thousands of other pros who are doing trying to do the same thing trying to get that same job that you're getting yeah um you know um there is a few i mean there's a lot of voice actors that uh, you know still don't have like a studio a home studio and uh, they just audition and maybe they get the job or they don't get a job get the job and then you know they go over to a studio you know uh, home studios are mostly now required for such work and uh, not everybody is able to set up a home studio or you know right so sometimes right. it's complicated for uh, voice oh sure actors. i totally understand yep yeah uh, you have to find a way, you know, whether you situate yourself in a closet to do your recordings <laughs> in your house, which a lot of people do, or just build a, you know, a, a blanket box in your room. You could set up over here uh, that you crawl into <laughs> with a flashlight and your script on your phone or, or whatever yeah, and, and record it. But there, uh, don't get me wrong. There are, of course, still many situations where you will go into a studio, depending upon where you live, of course. If you live in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, you're going into a studio frequently. Uh, most other places, uh, I don't know what this uh, situation is like in Europe, but that's here in the United States. Those are the three main areas for going into studios to do recordings like that. But for the most part, it is, especially during the pandemic, has become the thing to be able to record right out of your house. I have done it many times over the last year and a half of the pandemic, where I put my headphones on and, you know, and, and I'm listening in my ears to some guy in Chicago and somebody in, in Texas and listening to their direction and I just and I do the thing and we're connected over whichever means of connection, whether it be Zoom or Source Connect or, or um, Skype. And they direct me just as though they're in the next room. Mm. And the sound quality is every bit as good as uh, you and I are hearing right now over this call. And yeah. that, is, that is very much par for the course that I've experienced uh, over the last year and a half of working out of my house. I don't have to be in Los Angeles. I don't have to be in New York. Um, yeah. 
that's the that's kind of the thing like uh, you know um if you have a home studio and you are able to deliver you know professionally recorded uh, voiceover recordings from your home it's just easier for you you know you don't have to go into the studio you can just record it right out of your home and it's better for you you don't have to live in a crazy busy place like los angeles or yeah. new york or something like that which i really don't have any desire to i love to visit mm. places like that yeah i don't really want to to live there um, but yes as you're absolutely right in that yes yeah, so many people it's not as easy to just put together a home studio but if you are passionate about it and think that it's something you really want to go forward and do uh, to try to make a living or to make a little uh, you know a side job out of those are the things you have to do to get that you have to figure it out how to do a little home studio and it's uh, mm. it's a whole lot less expensive now than it was 10 15 20 years ago i mean that's for sure as you know the prices of computers are so far down you you know your your number one investment is going to be the quality of microphone you get yeah that's that is muy importante as we say in spanish <laughs> you speak spanish mm -hmm. Hablo poquito español, amigo. Okay, that was cool. Um, That's the dude speaking Spanish. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to refer to. And of course, make sure to have a voice over reel demo, whatever you want to call it. Do you have one? Oh, I didn't even go into the, the whole demo situation. Yeah, that is... Wow, how could I forget that? Um, <laughs> that is numero uno numero uno you have to have voice demos at least yeah. one yeah one commercial you start with one commercial demo and the best way to do that is to have somebody else do it for you i sp speak from experience on that because you can get so inside your head as far as what you think you sound good on and versus what you really sound good on and to have somebody else's ears and thought process on all of that is the way to go uh, you want to have somebody who's experienced do it uh, there are many many services out there and people and companies who provide demo production services and it's easy to find on the internet you can there are you know probably hundreds um, but to have somebody do that because they will assess you what you sound like now what your experience level is. They will gather all of the appropriate scripts that they think you should record during the sessions. And then they will take the best of the stuff that you recorded and the different snippets and edit it together into a 60 second demo, which is, you don't want your demo any longer than that. Yeah. At least and, 60. Yeah. And it does cost money to have somebody do that, but the of return course. on investment is, yeah. it can be very much worth it. And if you're going yeah. to be serious about doing it, that's the kind of thing you have to do is, is trust in investing in yourself. Exactly. This is what the casting directors or perhaps the potential clients will hear. And that's uh, yeah. usually their first, uh, well, it's, you do that so you can be in the, you know, made aware of by agents, agencies. If you want to get mm -hmm. an agent uh, in New York, Chicago, LA, whatever you, wherever you have to have 
a demo that you can send to that agency requesting to be a part of their talent roster. You can't mm -hmm. just call them up on the phone and say, hey, I've got a great voice and I'd love to be in commercials. Can I be on your talent roster? No, you have to have the, you know, an MP3 demo that you send them in a formal email and that you might hear back from them two to three to four months later uh, saying, oh, well, we liked your demo. We'd like to have you on our roster. And at that point, that's when you start receiving audition opportunities from them. So that's one route. The other route is there are a lot of voiceover sites online, of course, that you can be a part of, which aren't necessarily agents, but in a way they are because they connect you with clients who are putting out auditions for whatever their product is or service. So they're, you know, uh, client X will go on to this voiceover site and put up their script and say, we want it to sound like, like this person uh, in, in a friendly conversational manner. And here's this, here's part of the script, read it, attach your audition here and move on. Well, to, in order to be on that site to begin with, you have to have a demo tape, exactly. a demo tape, a demo. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, I'm preaching to the choir with you, but that's, that's basically the process. That's and the process. Yeah. That, that's, mm -hmm. that's how it is. And that's how you guys can also perhaps hire Corey for, uh, you know, the voiceover jobs. If you want him to say something as a postal dude, you know, you can either go up to, I think voice one, two, three.com. Is it? I have a, I am a part of that platform. Yeah. That is the only one that I am currently on. Mm -hmm. And I do have my own website also, which was yeah. recently updated. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I'll include those in the description. So if people perhaps want you to say something as the postal dude, or perhaps, you know, as a more original form of character, they can hire you, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I would encourage people uh, please, please go to my website. And on there, you can find my email address. And I, I respond to all emails sent directly to me. And I'm happy to, to at least consider what you're requesting of me mm -hmm. to do. Just, just don't be afraid to reach out to him because many people, you know, are afraid or uh, perhaps don't oh my have, goodness. you know, they, they are afraid to reach out because maybe you would say no. So, so he will respond and, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you guys and the fans will be able to like, you know, make up a deal or something. Just don't Absolutely. be afraid. I, I, I'm more than happy to, to talk with people, even just, you know, if that's all you want to do is just say hello and exchange yeah. a, a few courtesies and such. That's great too. Uh, I recently out of the blue, uh, I got an email from a fellow in Sweden who was working on a, his own personal project, uh, over the next four to six months. And he wanted some voiceover stuff done for it. And we worked out a small fee and, and he was really thrilled uh, with, with how it came out. I can't talk about you know, any personal uh, details on who he is and what he's doing, but uh, I'm more than happy to, to, to investigate doing things like that for people. And again, just to talk to people, gosh, don't be afraid The the postal dude, Corey is, he's, he's not, he's not that mean. He's, he's, <laughs> He's uh, more than happy to, especially during the pandemic when I've been sitting here in my house with my two dogs mostly and my wife for the last uh, year and a half. Uh, the ch any chances I get to to interact with people, 
are fantastic. Yeah, so if, if you're a fan of, uh, you know, Corey, just, just reach out to him, say hi. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure he can assure you guys that he will respond. Maybe in a day, maybe in a few hours, whenever the, he gets the time. If, yep, if the email gets through to me and it's not spam or junk or obviously some sort of garbage email, then I, if it's a human being on the other end and I can tell that it is, I'm going to reply to, to that email. Is there anything uh, the dude has to say about the Vogue podcast? The Vogue podcast is so cool. And I'm so privileged and honored to be invited back for a second round of the Vogue podcast. Thank you so much, Ronald Hamrack. Did I say your name right? You did. The pleasure is mine, Corey. Thank you for, you know, accepting my invite for the second time and, you know, perhaps be prepared for the third time uh, in the future. Count me in when the time comes. Listen, kiddo, I don't know about you, but I just loved this. Make sure to leave a like on the video and subscribe to the Voke podcast. And now if you excuse me, I have some important stuff to take care of. Salutations. Salutations.